is who you are, whether you know it or not. You were made to love Jesus Christ like he loves you. We were made in the image of God, and that which we are made from is who we are. It's where we come from, and it's where we're going, baby. Come on, somebody. Am I the only one excited to be in the house today? Come on. You got to be extra loud in this theater because the acoustics are so good. So I'm always wanting to get shouted down. That's a good thing. I want to give you my passage before we take our seats this morning. We want to be reverent to God's word. And we're just so thankful just to be here. The sun's out. Finally, it's hit or miss around here. It could be beach weather one day. It could be storms the next. We never know what it's going to be. But I want to look at Genesis today, chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. Excuse me. Genesis chapter 9, verses 12 through 17. It says, and God said, let me give you some context. This is after the flood when God is telling Noah, I always say Moses, Noah, I got like Bible character dyslexia. I always say Moses, someone got me together once online because I said Moses and I meant Noah just because I said the wrong character. Why didn't they read my mind, Mike? Come on, somebody. Anyway, so Noah, God is telling Noah what's going to happen at the end of the flood after doing what God asked. See, when you do what God asked, God will reward you with something you didn't even know would be so good. But God's gonna spare the ark as we know, and he's gonna give him a sign that it is finished. So we go to verse 12, it says, and God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations to come. I set my rainbow in the cloud. Everybody say, rainbow. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It's a sign of my covenant between me and the earth and every living thing. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature. See, I keeps repeating something. That means emphasis. When he repeats it, that means emphasis. It's important. He's saying this is important. I will remember my covenant between me and you and every living creature of all the flesh. The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. He says, that's it. The flood is over. The rainbow shall be in the cloud and I will be, I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh. That's including us of all flesh that is on this earth. And God said to Noah, this is the sign. Tell him it's a sign. Tell your neighbor, tell him it's a sign. This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all the flesh that is on the earth. As you take your seats this morning, tell your neighbor, God's got my rainbow. Come on, somebody. God's got my rainbow. You may be seated. Before we get into the word, I just want to encourage you to keep praying. We got a lot of people out, a lot of people with the flu. I had the thing for about a month. Don't worry, I'm not contagious anymore. This is the best I've felt in a month, and it's going around, though. We've got people in the hospital right now. We've got people out of the hospital right now. Praise God. Thank you. I'm so glad, Carly, that you are okay. We are praying for you and the baby, and it's all good, baby. No pun intended. God's got you. So we're so, we got other people, though. We got David. We still need to pray for King David, who's getting, um, he had his liquid chemo thing put in, 
so he can get liquid chemo because he's still fighting leukemia. And we need to pray for him because prayers matter. That's the secret sauce to successful churches is the things you don't see. It's the things that we take to God in faith. And Allison, I want to keep praying for Allison's recovery from surgery she had a few weeks back. We pray that she's doing good. But I was just thinking, you know, the new year, you think of sunshine and you think of motivation and excitement. You don't think of storms. You think of a turn of the weather. So I was thinking of rainbows. And I was thinking about how when you're a kid, what do you do when you don't have a job and you're a kid? Let me, let me stress that again. Maybe you're an adult and you don't have a job and you do this too. When there's a rainbow and you got time on your hands is what I'm really trying to say. What do you do when there's a rainbow? You go try to find the end of that puppy, right? Because if you find the end, there's like a leprechaun or something. There's, there's gold. There's gold, a leprechaun, and some lucky charms. It's like all three will be waiting for you if you... Don't you know that? It's in the Bible. Read your Bible. Anyway, so one time I found the end of the rainbow. <laughs> there was no gold. There was no lucky charms. And there was no uh, leprechaun. And what was crazy is the rainbow ended like hundreds of feet in the air. And I'm like, this is it. This is what I was chasing after. All my life of nine years old, I was chasing after this thing, and it's up in the air. That's what I was chasing. I was under it. I was already under it. And I didn't know it just kind of dissipated, if you want to get technical. If you want to, if it kind of dissipated into the air. But have you ever felt far from God, far from the promises of God, and in an effort to cherish his love and goodness, sometimes he feels far away from my heart and far away from my stormy situation. I'm looking to be rescued, but God isn't seeing my SOS flare, so I'm like chasing for God. I'm trying to find God. I'm trying to find where he is. So I'm like chasing after it. It's counterproductive. And so I'm, I'm sending out my flares, God. I'm looking. I don't see you. I'm looking for the end of the rainbow here, and I can't find him. And as we turn the corner into this new year, it's important to recognize that God's covenant, which means contract, with man is universal. It's unwavering, and it's never ceasing in its integrity or trust behind what it is. It won't fail you is what that means. It has integrity. And sometimes I'm not finding God because my eyes are looking below where he is. I'm looking for the end of the rainbow, and I'm missing the thing that's already covering me all along. I'm looking for the pot of gold delivery and missing his presence in the pathway to the pot of gold. I'm already on the path of greatness. I'm already on the path of righteousness. I'm already in his presence, and I'm looking for the gold and missing that he may be right there. We get caught up looking at the bottom line of the situation. You look at your bills. What do you look at? You look at the bottom line. But you forget that the bottom line was created by the crazy spending through Christmas. So you wonder, how did the bottom line get to the way it did? It's because the flow through to the bottom line is what created the bottom line. So the rainbow is what creates the end. It's already there, though, and you're already on the path that you asked God to give you. But you're looking like too far ahead, too narrowly focused, so you don't feel like he's there. You don't feel like he's answering. 
to get caught up looking at that bottom line of the situation. When maybe if we step back and look again, touch your neighbor, tell them, look again, it's there. It's actually there. It's not how you thought it would look. There's no leprechaun, but it's actually there. Am I chasing something that's already been given to me? Oh, that's, then don't you ever, you ever got your glasses on your head? Where are my sunglasses? Sunglasses, I don't wear the bifocals yet. I'm only 40. Getting there. Never will I wear those things. Anyway, <laughs> hey now, we need to pray right now over the past. No, I'm kidding. All right, listen. You know, you put the glasses on your head, and you're like, for the love of Jesus, my Savior, where are my sunglasses? Where is my phone? It's in my hand. Oh, that's really bad. That's really bad ADD. I have it. Hey, what are we doing here, guys? Oh, I forgot. We're at church. I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. What I'm trying to say is, though, you can be looking for something and looking for something and looking so closely that if you step back and look again, you have it. You already have it. He's there. Am I seeking something that's already been given to me? Am I seeking God in a place that he's already delivered me from? I mean, how many times can I ask God to deliver me from this? Maybe you should thank him and say, it is finished. Instead of keep asking, but God, just do it. Just do it. God says, I gave you legs. I gave you feet. I'll give you the word. I gave you the tree. Make your own table. I mean, come on, somebody. Yeah, I stole that from T.D. Jakes. It's because it's good. And if it's good, you steal it. That's what preaching is. Y'all learn that someday. My subject today is rainbow chasers. Rainbow chasers. God said, this shall be a sign of my covenant with you and all the living things on this earth. When you see the rainbow in the clouds, that shall be a sign of my covenant. It's not what's at the end of the rainbow. It's what the rainbow represents. So when you're seeking the pot of gold, you forget what's really happening is that there's a covenant already in place. That means agreement, contract. When you sign a contract on your house, you've made a covenant with the bank saying, I will do this, and I will uphold my payments. And if I don't, well, it happens. But you know what I'm saying. It's the intent is to uphold the covenant, or the contract. And the difference between God's contract with man and man's contract with man is God's contracts never cease. They never default. They never fail. Even when you feel like God is missing and you don't see your pot of gold, God says, my contract is there in the cloud. It's in the cloud. And when you see my rainbow in the cloud, you'll remember what I have promised you, that I can never break my covenant with you. Ever. Even if I wanted to, I can't. I can't break my own word because my word, my word is truth, and truth never changes. So if I broke my truth, I would be a false God. But I'm the one living God who never breaks his word. He can't break his word. Well, could God, rift, could God make a stone bigger than he could lift? Oh, come on, somebody. God could do anything he wants. But he has integrity to be an almighty God who will never break his covenant with man. And there's a language to it. There's a sign language to interpreting God's covenant, knowing is he there? Is this of God? Is this of not? It's called his word. It's called the Bible. Anybody start a Bible plan this, this year? Was it a one seat church Bible plan? They're only three days. They're like the shortest ones on the Bible app. We got two Bible. See how always, it's a marketing thing. We always got, we got two Bible. We got three. No, maybe we got four. 
Anybody start, a, no, it doesn't have to be a one seed one. Did anybody start a Bible plan? Come on, somebody. Am I the only one that started the one-year Bible so I could quit in two weeks? Come on. All right, okay, good. Okay, good. So, so uh, why was I talking about the Bible plan? The, re- the reason I was talking about the Bible plan is because if you don't ingest his word, you don't know how to interpret who God is, and all of a sudden you start interpreting what you want him to be. That's bad news. I've seen so many people come and go from this life, not, not death, but come and go in and out of their spiritual walk, and they come in and they collect up the pieces they like, and they leave the parts they don't want, and they go and they go preach the gospel in a way that's half-hearted, not biblical, and broken to those they're sending it to. They're damaging people, and they think they're doing good because they've made it their own. But the word is the interpreter. The word is the language that deciphers who God is, what our moral values are, what our moral compass is, how we live our life. It's not me. I'm a catalyst to give you the word. The word is between you and him. Thank God for that. I've been dead by now. It was up to me because it'd be a weight. But the good thing about Jesus is he carries the weight. The word carries the weight because it upholds truth. So if you want an honest relationship with God, Go to his word. Decipher his word. Well, what does his word say about this or that or this? And that's how we grow. It's cool. It's a good thing. But I was thinking about, April, I was thinking about UFC. You know how I like violence. I mean, you like violence. And I was th- thinking about, um, I'm not really that sadistic. It was a joke. But I do like UFC. And, and, and what happens when the, the, the guy who doesn't know English wins the fight, what do they do? They get the interpreter, the translator, to interpret to Joe Rogan what he said so he can tell the American audience what the gentleman said maybe in Portuguese. See, there's a language interpreter, and there's a spiritual language interpreter we have. It's called the Bible. I don't have a physical one on me, but if I did, I'd go like this. It's a, we just bought some Bibles for the church, by the way, and it was so weird. It was like a physical book instead of these digital things. It wasn't an app. I'm like, what do I what do, I do with this? Oh, you, Chloe's like, you turn the pages, Dad. Oh, okay. Books, Bibles, y'all heard of them? (laughs) You go to your word to interpret God's language. And if you don't find it in the word, maybe it's not of God. And if it's the opposite of what the word says, maybe it's not of God. And if it's out of alignment with what the word says, maybe it's not of God. That's why we have The word is to be our language interpreter for is God there? How does God operate? How does he change my life? How does it feel? Oh, it doesn't always feel. It doesn't always feel. If you don't feel it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist because feelings come and go. His word is a covenant. It doesn't work on feelings. It is forever, ever. It doesn't expire. We we have to... It's sanctification. We decipher how God speaks to us by how it aligns with the book he gave us, his word. And as we do that more and more and better and better, and obviously there's some gray areas that people want to debate, the moral of the story is if you ask God to reveal you, he is revealed to you. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Not those who say, show up when you want to show up, God. If I come after you with all I got, God, he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek. So if there's a passage that doesn't make sense to you, that's normal. That's good. That's just say, God, I don't get it. I don't get what I'm reading. This is confusing. So don't go to Google. Go to Jesus because Google will lie to you. Trust me. Not always. I like Google. 
Google Chrome forever and never use Internet Explorer again. I'm an IT geek on the side. What can I say? Ask God to reveal it to you, and your eyes will be open. You remember the apostles were not scholars, tax collectors, fishermen, leaders. It was a mixture, and they did not know the Bible. They didn't know the Septuagint. They didn't know the Old Testament. God revealed to them as they were diligently seeking him is a condition of the heart that God pulled the wool off their eyes and let them see him for who he is so he could then go preach the same message to somebody else. And there's a language to it. God will never break his covenant with you. Never. He will never take away the rainbow that you're looking for the end. Maybe if you look up, it's right there. Even in the clouds. Oh, I'm going to get there. But that feeling of distance, you know, I was sick for a month. And I started getting, like, down, Christine. I was like, do I need, a, do I need like, medicine? And I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? I'm a pastor who preaches the good news. And I'm thinking, why can't I be happy? Something's not right here. See, everybody's human. And you forget that feelings come and go, and feelings are not an actual measure of God's love for you or your family's love for you or God's distance from you or your, your relationship's distance from you. It's not a real measurement that's accurate to gauge love, especially from your creator. That's why there's a covenant. So when you don't feel anything and you don't want to go to church and you think it's all just, I don't feel nothing today, God says, I'm still there. I'm still with you. I'm still with you when you're sick. I'm still with you when you're whole. I came to seek and save that which is sick because if everybody was whole, I'd have no work to do, says Jesus. So it's okay that you feel that because that's when he's saying, reach for me and I will give you back stimulation in your spiritual fingers. I will give you back what is numb right now because you've been distant, but I'm omnipresent, and I don't really go anywhere. I'm actually next to you all the time. When you think, I'm not seeing your SOS flares, I'm there all the time, but I'm trying to stretch you so you remember who I am for what I am and not based on what you feel. Does that make sense? Because if you do it on what you feel, you will crash and burn. If you only do something based on when it feels good, how many would go to work? I quit. I mean, for real. You go to work because you love your family. You go to work because you got to make that money so you can pay those bills, so you can buy the Christmas stuff and go into debt all over again. I mean, that's the American way. You do it whether you want to or not. It's because you know the commitment behind it. And God says, that's what my rainbow signifies over your life. It's my commitment to you. That's what my rainbow signifies. And my language or my word is how you can know where I am at all times. To be far from God is not really a distance issue. It's a perception thing. How can God be distant when he's everywhere at once? Well, God just didn't answer my prayer, and I told God, just lead me, Lord. And God says, I said, go on the water. Step on the water. I even said you wouldn't sink, Peter. And he said, but God, the waves were big. And he says, how many times, Peter, will you deny me? We know Peter. Did it three more times. You know, it's kind of crazy, but I'm, I'm writing this relationship sermon series we're doing in February. And a relationship series, it's based on Peter and Jesus, at least the first week for now. But relationships have this, and, and it's not really that the commitment wasn't there. It's that the interpretation of the commitment was lacking. The interpretation was misunderstood. It was a perception thing, not a distance thing. It's how you were looking at it 
perhaps. Not always. And sometimes, just like chasing that rainbow, you have to step back to step forward. You know, it's really hard when you're in the high school and we got it all polished in our setup. We got it polished. Everything's perfect to a needle. And then we start over and we have to step back. Come on, somebody, to step forward. You can't just step forward until you step back and reevaluate the playing field. And that's with anything. That's with a business. That's with friends, family. Sometimes when you're in the thick of it, you can't see clearly. When you're so focused on finding that pot of gold, you forget to look at the glory of the rainbow shining over you and reevaluate where your values are, where your priorities are, what it needs to be so you can have a good foundation. Because if your foundation isn't right, it's not going to. It's not going to work. And so we're caught chasing, that chasing. Oh, God, where are you, God? Give me a sign, God. And he says, look above. He actually said, if there's a cloud, too, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. No cloud, no rainbow. No storm, no rainbow. You need some precipitation sometime to expose the rainbow that's already been there. You can't see it without the rain. Nobody wants the rain. They just want the rainbow. That's why they call it a rainbow, because you got to have some rain to see God for who he is. And if you never experience any rain in your life, you won't find God, even though he's right there. You'll say, where is he? He's not here. I need something to expose God to me and his covenant. So he says, when you see this, it is a sign. In order to see it, because I'm right there, i got to look back at that thing and see it again. i got to look again. We have to strip back the layers of our, our spiritual life. Sometimes we have to strip back the layers of fatherhood, our, our, our spouse, spouse, being a spouse. I don't know what the technical way to say that is. We have to strip back and say, what are we doing good? What can we improve on as a human being to these people we love, to these people we love? For me, I feel absent sometimes. And so I, I say, all right, God, I want to spend more time with my kids. And it's not, it's not anyone's fault but me. So I'm going to reevaluate. And a lot of times New Year's is a time when that happens. I'm going to reevaluate my priorities to give time to something that will not always be. And as I squander those opportunities, the time drifts away. It's with your kids. It's with your family. And it's with your Lord. It's with your time to come to church. Come to church. That's why I'm preaching like a crazy man on Facebook. Get, get to one seat church because the time will come when the church will go. And those who are not in the church, according to the Bible, are out of the church. You want everybody you know to be in God's house. You want everybody you know to be in God's covenant because you are not born into covenant. You are born into an opportunity for redemption. That's why Christ paid a price on the cross because we were born into sin. And unless we step forward in faith and say, I want to be part of this new covenant with Christ on the cross, cross, he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. You see where I'm going with this? You have to go after it. You have to go after it and quit waiting for him to come after you. And he loves you. And he may be knocking on your door right now. And he, you're saying, I don't hear him. And he's saying, I'm banging on the door. Come after me, son. Come after me, daughter. Step back to step forward. And I will never break my covenant with you. A few years ago, we built a house. And um, <clears throat> the soil, when you build a house, they say, was there plastic soil? No, there wasn't. Was there telephone poles in your yard? Yes, there was. Was there tires 20 feet down? 
Yes, there was. Okay, that's not a good foundation. The soil was the problem. So we had this great house mapped up. It was going to look mapped out. It was going to be so great. But if we built the house on the soil that was no good, it wasn't plastic soil. They call it fill. It's because it was soil that had been disturbed, regurgitated, and put back in the land. And so it had telephone poles. It had, what else did it have? It had tires. It probably had some bones. I don't know. It had some dry bones. I don't like to look. It grosses me out. But the house essentially would sink. If your foundation is not right, your spiritual life will sink. If your if your foundation is not right in your relationships, they will sink. If your foundation is not right in anything you pursue, you got to get the foundation right for things to stand. We called it pillars. In the end of year one, we were so excited because we had pillars upholding one seat church. And some of y'all wouldn't know because you haven't been here that long, and that's totally okay. But there are pillars that have got us to this place that holds the weight. Because if the pillars weren't there, the soil would just suck the, 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 found, suck the, the structure back into the ground like quicksand. So sometimes we have to step back, reevaluate our foundation to step forward, clean, new, stable, consistent. God will never break that covenant with you. So we have to step back to remember he is there. And some people, all their life, they do it their way. And they miss the revelation of what was there all along. They missed the revelation that was the foundation for their success all along. They missed the revelation that was fulfilling the promise to get them through the path to find the pot of gold at the end because they never saw the rainbow was there all along. I can't see it if I don't adjust where and how I'm looking at God. I must, everybody say it, say I must be willing to address my pain points of past mistakes in order to see a new future. If I just keep shoving it under the carpet, it will never go away. If I keep going back to it because it's convenient, it will come back and never go away. If I don't really be honest with myself and step back to step forward, I can't see all the junk that I'm hiding under the rug. God says, shake that thing up. It's got to go. You need a clean slate. You can't stand on a carpet with lumps in it. Who wants that? What kind of little two-year-old wants to play on a nice fluffy carpet with a bunch of toys stuck under it? How many dads want to walk through that room and trip on it like me and break their toe in the middle of the night and then they're thinking bad things and they won't say them because it's not scriptural, but they're thinking about it. I have four kids with toys. They're just almost big enough, but that doesn't happen anymore. But you wait, you wait, Clint. You will stub your toe and it will hurt so bad. And you'll be like, I love this baby, but God, put your toys away. Just saying. All you parents know what I'm saying. You think I'm crazy. It's okay. See, being crazy keeps you awake. That's my job. Let's keep you awake. We got to bring the word to life somehow. <laughs> but we must be willing to address it and not act like it's all good. Address the problems to correct the future. A few weeks ago, me and Michelle went to New York to see a pastor friend at a really cool church. Shout out to Pastor Wayne. Um, authentic church in White Plains. And we're in this really cool hotel, and when we're, like, traveling around, it's really hard to stay focused to dedicate time to write your messages and preparation and, and stay, stay, stay mentally there. So when Sunday comes, because, well, we got to miss that week. Uh, that was the first week. But the point is we were in this hotel lobby, and it was beautiful. 
But there was, so I was, I was in the hotel, and I asked the lady, I'm like, can I get some tea? Do you have any nuts? I was just really trying to, like, suck up the amenities while I could. You know, I figured I paid for them anyway. So I'm like, you got any tea, any nuts? I'm a pastor, and I'm just trying to focus. You know, I was just really trying to milk it. And so she's like, well, yes, I do, sir. Thank you. And she brings me the things. And so I'm studying. I'm studying my notes. I'm making, I'm making outlines. I'm plotting new, new sermons and all this stuff. And this mass crowd of people walks in, looks like, like a mob without the dance or the singing, you know, like a flash mob, and it was like a wedding reception or something, and I don't, I don't, I think Michelle finally came down, or I imagined it. Did you ever come down in that moment? Okay, I imagined it. That's what it was. It's hallucination. It's normal when you're 40 and you're struggling with life and believing that the end, my son just told me I'll never survive. He just told me on, on, on a couple of days, he said, I said, I'm going to be 100. He says, you'll never make it. So I'm dealing with that, if you could pray for me. He said, you'll never make it, Dad. I'm like, man, you're ruthless. Shame on you, Taz. That's why I call him Taz. Anyway, we're in this hotel, and there's a mob of people, and I was visualizing if Michelle came in at that moment, I could not pick her out of the crowd. I cannot see her without focus. Otherwise, what's it look like? A sea of people. But being her husband and knowing the love of my life and knowing her mannerisms and knowing how she moves and how her hair moves and how she looks and how her body language looks when she's mad at me because there's so many people and I made her come into the audience and she's like, why can't I just stay in the room while you go do your thing? That's fine. But see, I can visualize because I remember how I know them. I remember how I know my wife. And so if there was a sea of people, there'd be a point where I could go, there she is, right in the middle. There he is, right in the middle. There is Jesus, right in the middle. Right in the middle of the chaos, there is Jesus. It's about a focus thing. It's about focusing your attention to where he is. See, see, that's when he starts feeling lost. It's a perception thing. Where's my rainbow? He said, it's behind the cloud. Behind the cloud. He said, when you see the cloud, rejoice, because the rainbow's there. He says, don't, don't run away from me because you see the cloud. That doesn't mean I'm absent. So we see the crowd of people and we think he's absent. We think the wife's not there. We think God's not there. But really he's right there in the middle. He's in the middle. The rainbow is there and there's a cloud in the middle. The bridge, you ever been over a bridge with the fog? You can't see the other side of the bridge, but you drive through it, don't you? Because you believe when you get to the other side, it'll be okay. You believe when you cross the river into Chesterfield Valley, I will land in Chesterfield Valley even when the fog is so strong, I can't see it. I still drive through. I don't stop the car and go, well, I don't know until I can see it. I'm not going to drive. And then that doesn't, then you just sit there and cause traffic. You drive anyway because you know what awaits you, whether the cloud is there or not, whether the storm is there or not. He says, this is my covenant with every living creature, every man, every woman, everything that breathes. This is my covenant. And whether you see it because of the cloud or not, the rainbow doesn't move. It's there, and it's over you. And you're so focused over here, you're not looking that I'm over you everywhere. I have full covenant over you. How many are glad for that? How many are glad that the rainbow doesn't shift? It doesn't leave you. It doesn't leave you even though you feel like dirt and you feel like you've had the flu for so long you just want to go spit in a trash can or something weird or throw something. It doesn't leave you because you feel different. That's important to remember because you will feel like this at times in your life. He's in the middle. Somewhere 
over the rainbow. You like my Dorothy voice? Clouds are blue. I think they wrote that wrong. Let me see. Let me see. Somewhere under the rainbow, God's got you. Jesus will never leave your side because the rainbow is the only thing that will stay true. I don't know what Dorothy was on, but it's not over the rainbow. It's about being under the covenant. And if you're not under the covenant, you're out of the covenant. So if you want to be in good protection, you need to be under the canopy of Christ in his covenant for you, which is under the rainbow. Under it. You never thought about that, did you? Now you're going to go home and you're going to hate that song like I hate it, and you're going to be singing it the new way, the one seed way. How does it go? Somewhere under the rainbow, God's got you. When your life feels like it's over, remember what he did on the cross and he died for you. He'll never, ever die again because he already shed his blood. It's real. He really bled from his skull. I know it sounds funny. I know it sounds funny, but it's a, it's a real thing. He really took scourges to the side that ripped his flesh out for you. I don't mean to get graphic, but it's true. Whatever it takes, preach it to yourself. I tell people all the time, preach it to yourself. You can take God's word and preach it to yourself. When you say it, you're getting a double dose. When you say it out loud, you're hearing it back and you're saying it. That's like getting it twice. Bonus, preach it to yourself. Read aloud. Pray aloud. He's in the middle. God's in the middle of any storm you will ever come across, whether we feel him or not. And don't make the mistake of cloudiness be God's absence. It may be actually that he's present. He said, when you see the cloud, know my covenant for you. Because without the stormy cloud, there is no rainbow. So that's how you know I'm there. So don't mistake me for who I am when you think I'm just rainbow and sunshines when I said I'm in the cloud. Remember that he, remember he would send the cloud. The Israelites would follow the cloud. They weren't following the rainbow. They weren't chasing the rainbow. The rainbow was already there. They were following the cloud because the cloud led to the rainbow. That's how you find God is through the storm, through the clouds, through the adversity. He's in the middle with you. God will never break his covenant with you. You know why we call it the Old Testament and the New Testament or covenant or contract? It's because God made a new contract or covenant with man when he came and died on the cross. So when you think, where's my rainbow, it looks like this. That's what a rainbow looks like. Not my will, but your will be done. God, take this cup from me if it may pass. God, why have you left me? That's the man crying out to the Spirit. He knew the mission. And though he felt like not being there because it hurt, he knew the mission. That in order for him to take your place, he had to take on the sin of the world. If you think about when he cried in the garden, when Jesus cried in the garden, it wasn't because he was scared to die, people. It's because he took on the sin of the world. You've seen some ugly stuff on the news, right? We call that sin when it's bad, right? When it doesn't morally align. Can I say sin? Is that allowed in church these days? He said sin. I'm never going back. No sin for me. I don't do sin. Listen, people, it's the Bible. So, so every sin, every bad thing you've ever seen on the news, magnify it times a thousand. That's what went through Christ's mind 
when he knew he was about to go to the cross. So he wept because it hurts to see people blindly destroy themselves. And when he inherited the sin, he inherited the pain, the feelings, the emotion of all that weight of all the murderers, all the rapists, all the killers, all the drug dealers, all the things. He took it all on at that moment. And that will make you cry because it's dark. And he did that for you. So when you're wondering, where is my rainbow? Because I only see a cloud. Look at the cross. Look at the cross. And that is your covenant with Jesus Christ. That is your covenant. If y'all could stand with me this morning as we wrap up first Sunday, the new decade. I don't need to find what's already been given to me. I don't need to keep looking for what's already readily available. I don't need to keep waiting for a sign. God says, look above you. You're underneath it. I don't need to keep waiting for heaven to knock on my door because God says, I came and brought heaven on the cross to you. Heaven's already been delivered to your life. You have to accept it, step in it, and walk by faith. That's why it says we're saved by grace through faith because your faith justifies what you have accepted by grace. And if your faith does not align, something's out of order. That's why we say step back to step forward. Look at your foundation. Does it align with the language interpreter of the word? Be real with yourself. God will bless you for it. Be real with yourself. Don't live complacent. Live the best you can be. Live the most excellent life you can have. That's what God designed you to be, to do, is to share him in a way that will change lives. And there is no better feeling to see somebody else come to the Lord because you touch them with his word. There is nothing better. It is the most satisfying thing because you're saving souls from hell in the long run. I don't need to find it. It's already been given to me. And God will never break his covenant with you. If you could bow your head with me, we're going to pray and close out this service. Lord, we take this time in this moment of quiet to reevaluate our foundation, to strip back all the layers of distraction, all the layers of social media, all the layers of communication, technology, noise. We strip it all back because none of it matters if my foundation is not solid. None of it matters. I can't give it to my children if I don't even know it myself. And that's why I need you, God. And that's okay. I don't need to know it all. I need to know you. And as long as I have you by my side, which you said you'd never leave or forsake me, and you're a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So, God, I know that if I knock, the door shall be open, and you will be there anytime I need it. And I want to give this to my children. I want to give this to my new baby. I want to give this to my friends. I want to give them something that they can be proud of and know that was real and that this is not a show and that this is the anointed Holy Spirit of God touching people lives. And so God, we give thanks today. We give thanks for the trials, God, because that's what's exposing your rainbow. Thank you for the clouds. Thank you for the rain. Thank you for anything that makes us better according to your will. And if the house of God can say right now, in Jesus' name, amen.